My name is Pastor D, and I'm from the Heights Church. And this is our 17th, can you believe it? 17th devotional. And we're going to continue doing devotionals as long as God tells us to keep doing them. But most of all, I do the devotionals to encourage you. I believe God wants us to stay encouraged. If ever a time we needed to be encouraged, it's right now. There is so much going on in the land. And by the way, let's do a little temperature check. You said, what is that? Let's just take our temperature. How are you doing out there? Are you getting back to work? Are you opening up your businesses? Are you in a place where they've drawn back and told people to go back into their homes because maybe the infection rate has gone up? Are you sitting around the house doing nothing? Or are you accomplishing those chores that you had put off for a long time until you had some time and now you have time but you haven't gotten to them? Are you doing more reading? I hope you're reading your Bibles because that is the most important thing of all. But of course, it's good to get into other reading. Sometimes I go back and I read the classics like uh, Bram Stoker's Frankenstein or um, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. But most of all, I try to dig into the Word of God. And that's why we're here. That's why these devotionals go on. It's so that the Word of God can get into your hearts and minds and help rule and reign. And then you can go out into the land or you can be with your family. And as you move, as you speak, as you reach out and touch others, that the flow of God's Spirit will come out from you. So let it really get into things that we need to get into. But first, I want to pray. May I pray for you? Father, I just thank you that we can get into your word. Your word is so important. Your word is true. Your word is life to those that find it and health to all our flesh. Lord, we just give you praise and thanks that you would allow these devotionals to be on this channel. And not only these devotionals um, on this channel where people can see them, but now you've provided an avenue through podcasts. Lord, let your word go forth and heal and comfort, uplift, encourage people. And we give you thanks and praise for what you're going to do in tonight's lesson in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm still talking about temperature chat. Oh, you thought I had gotten off of that, huh? Well, you know, there's a lot going on besides COVID. There is a lot of civil unrest. And I've seen people talking about a lot of things that matter. I've seen people get on the bandwagon of things that matter. And now they put placards on their buildings or placards over their business on the Internet saying that something matters. I want to say to you today that you matter. And you have always mattered to God. That you matter to him before the foundations of the world. So it doesn't, we don't even have to consider who else is talking about what matter. Because you know how people can just make it a byword. They can just make it a slogan. So and so matters. But really, it doesn't matter in their heart. I want you to know that if no one else says anything matters about you, about me, God thinks we matter. And he's the person that we need to plug into to come running to because he says you matter. 
So today, if you don't remember anything about anything that I've said, remember that you matter. Not because somebody put it on a placard, not because somebody's out there marching and there's nothing wrong with protesting. I'm a child of the 60s, so I know about protesting. I know about marches. I know about listening to Martin Luther King. I've even been at Martin Luther King's rallies. Can you believe that? Yeah. But it wasn't just about that. Martin Luther King was a man of God. And that is what I want to get back to. The most important thing is that Jesus Christ died for you. And you can be a part of this family if tonight when you tuned in, you're not a part of the family. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. In the Bible, it says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And I believe that God will know your heart because he doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. So today, for our temperature check, just know that you matter because God said you matter. And he is the king of the universe. And what he says stands. You are important. You are his child. If you've called on Jesus Christ, he loves you. He has a plan for your life. So never forget that, brothers and sisters. Never forget it. Let's get right into what we're supposed to be doing. I got off on that temperature check, but you know what? I believe that's what the Lord wanted me to do. So we're going to be in Ephesians. Last week, we were in Ephesians chapter 1. And it, it kind of was like plowing the field. You know what I mean? Because it was rough going. And you might say, where was all that joy last week, Pastor D? Well, I have to tell you, I had to lay the foundation. That was the most important thing. And, and our joy is going to increase as we get into book each chapter of this book. Let me tell you, it's exciting. And I'm excited to be here with you. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm not going to talk about the historical background because I talked about it last week. So if you want to know a little bit more about the historical background of the book of Ephesians, please look at last week's video. Let's get into it. Ephesians 2, Paul reflects on man's state of paganism. He talks about the privileges and the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He lets us know that there's riches of God's grace and, and they have been sent toward man. Yeah, God has reached out to man. And he also wanted us to focus in on that grace, grace can change us. Grace can make a marvelous change in our lives. And I can just testify to that because when I got saved in 1982, I when I came in that church door, when I left, the whole world looked different. I knew I was a different person. I responded differently to things. I was thinking differently. It's a supernatural thing, brothers and sisters, when you give your life to the Lord. He changes you from the inside out. Let's look at the scripture. The scripture in Ephesians 2 is going to be Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 2, verses 4 through 5, verses 13 to 14, and verses 17 to 18. I'm going to be reading them out of the New International Version. Please stick with me. I know a lot of times people, you know, we can't sit still. We get all antsy 
but I want you to focus in on the word of God. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. But now in Christ, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. There were two groups, the Jews and the Gentiles. That's what he's talking about here. And has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were afar off and peace to those who were near. Those who were afar off were the Gentiles and those who were near were the Jews. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. There is only one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the first thing that I want to share with you is we were dead. We were dead. We were dead in our spirits. We were dead in our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. We were dead, absolutely dead. We came from position of death. Everything we focused on, we came from a position or perception of death. What does it mean to be dead? It means to be alive in one sense and dead in the other. We were alive in these mortal bodies, in these fleshly bodies, but we were dead on the inside, on the, in the things that mattered. We had no true connection to anything godly. It was only superficial. I remember in scripture, the Saul of Tarsus, and Saul of Tarsus became Paul, the apostle. Saul of Tarsus, when he was Saul of Tarsus, he was a man driven. He was a learned man. He was a brilliant man, taught by one of the greatest teachers, Gamaliel. But he thought he was God's gift to hunting down the people that were walking in the way, in the way of Jesus Christ. He would drag them out of their homes. He would follow them wherever they went and put them in prisons. He even watched them be killed. He held people's coats while they were killed. So he was in darkness until Jesus met him on that road to Damascus. And his life was turned around. He was a brilliant man on the outside. But on the inside, he was dark. He was hunting down God's people. And God said, you're not only persecuting these people, but when you persecute them, you persecute me. When we're dead, all we can do is sin. Sin is our master. You might say, no, no, I didn't have a master before I came to Jesus. Or right now, you may not even know Jesus. And you say, no, no, I don't have a master. I say, yes, you do. You just don't know you have a master because you're blind to what the enemy is doing. And we're dead because of trespasses and sin. 
I want to just reinforce that in a minute, that we're dead because of our trespasses and sin. So what are trespasses? Trespasses mean that we've crossed the line, that we're challenging God's boundaries. The Greek word for that is paroptima. Paroptima means a slip or a fall. It's like a man losing his way and straying from the right road. So what is sin? Sin means that you've missed the mark or you've missed the perfect standard of God. It's the failure to be what you ought to be and to be what you could be. And I was reading this and I was in a commentary by William Barclay and he said something that made me stop. He said, you should ask yourself this question. Is every working hour filled with our most conscientious work and is every task done as well as we could possibly do it? When we were dead, that wasn't so. When we were dead, we were just skimming the surface. We were just doing the least amount that we could do. We would take advantage of our employers. We might even have been stealing from our, taking their pens, taking their toilet tissue home, whatever. We weren't doing all that we could do and we weren't being all that we could be. The Bible says this about dead in trespasses and sin. It says that we were blind. It says that we were slaves to sin in Romans 6, 17. It says that we were lovers of darkness in John 3, 19 to 20. It says we were sick, that we were lost. We were children of wrath and that we were under the power of darkness. I don't like hearing that, but I do remember how it used to be. And I know that the scripture is saying what is true that I was under another power. Brothers and sisters, friends, we need to never forget that we were once dead, that we once roamed around in darkness because it's a good reminder of where we need to be. The second thing is we were made alive. Woo! Hallelujah, glory to God. We were made alive. I call it having heavenly CPR. Oh, bless the name of Jesus that he worked on us and revived us. This resurrection is for real. It's a sure resurrection. We had a change of heart. We have newness of life. We are even a new species of being, a new creation, a new creature. The old is gone. And the new has come. Let me share something with you from 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I want to look at it in the Living Bible. I almost said the New Living Translation, but no, this is the Living Bible. It says there in 2 Corinthians 5.17, When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Isn't that good? We have a new life in Christ. In him, we live, we move, we have our being. We are alive by being in Christ. And I'm excited. I'm not dead anymore. Don't look at me like that. I'm telling the truth. I'm not dead anymore. Okay, I'm going to move on. I want to share this quote, and it's from Martin Lloyd-Jones. 
If a man is saved, it is because God has saved him. But if a man is lost, that is attributed to his own rejection of the gospel and his own rebellion against God's way of salvation. Yes, God has a way. I know we don't always want to follow other people's way, but I'm telling you, God's way is the way. It is the true way. It is the right way. We can go down many other roads, but let's follow God. Let's follow that path. So we were dead. We are made alive. Hey, I'm, I'm just so excited about that. I can, I'm alive now where I was dead. And the third thing is we have peace with God. Now you have to know that God took the initiative here. He pursued us in peace. I just, he, and he perfects us in peace. I just am so overjoyed. He came after us. A lot of people say, you know, I was looking for the Lord. Oh no, he was pursuing you all the time. His pleasure and peace rest upon those who receive his son in faith. He abides with us when we're in Jesus Christ. And so his peace and his pleasure is upon us. Oh, what a joy. We can look for that abundant life now because we're in Jesus. Our consciences are cleared. The weight of guilt is gone. When we're in Christ, we no longer bear the burden of sin. Sin no longer has dominion over. It means sin can no longer overwhelm us. We don't have to wallow in what happened before because he has washed it away. It is cleaned up. It's gone forever. Don't even try to dig it up, brothers and sisters, because it's gone. It's in what some people say, the sea of forgetfulness. It's gone as far as the east is from the west. And I'm thankful for that. Sin no longer blocks our relationship with God. Listen to this. I was studying and I saw this on Christianity.com. And I thought it was right in with and in line with what we're talking about tonight. Through the person, sacrifice, and mediation of Jesus Christ, sinners are allowed to draw near to God as Father and are brought with acceptance into his presence with their worship and services under the teaching of the Holy Spirit as one with the Father and the Son. We are one with the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit is with us. We, again, I want to impress this, we, when we accept Jesus, are no longer God's enemy. We are no longer in enmity with God. I want to look at James 4, 4 in the NIV. And it says this. You adulterous people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were adulterous people before we, we received Christ as our Savior and Lord. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. I am so grateful to no longer be an enemy of God, but that God is my father 
and that I can lean and rely wholly on him. I can trust in him that he is involved in my life, that he wants the best for me. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to go through things because we're going through things now, right? That's what we talked about when we were talking about temperature check. We're going through COVID-19 and the ups and downs of that whole misery. We're going through ups and downs about the up, upcoming election. We're going through ups and downs about civil unrest. But I want to say we're no longer enemies of God. He is our father and Jesus is our friend. And I'm so grateful. I'm going to end with this. Yeah, I'm done. You might have to go back over this video so you can catch up on what I'm saying and, and deep dive, study. I hope you have your Bibles out when you come and you sit with me on these days that we're going through the book of Ephesians. Keep going through your Bible. Get a study Bible. Get a commentary. Look it up on the internet. And, and I have to say this about the internet. We can't always trust everything, but look up credible sources, okay? Look up credible sources. I'm going to share this poem that I saw. And this, this, is, this is it. I'm not going to say any more after this. Jesus Christ came to our wall. Jesus Christ died for our fall. So that regardless of death and in spite of sin, through grace, he might put us together again. You might say, that seems, that reminds me of Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Well, it's, it's kind of that same kind of rhyme. I'm going to read it again because I want you to get it. It's very simple, but it's profound. Jesus Christ came to our wall. We had a wall between us and God. And we couldn't get through it by our own power, by our own might, by works, by just telling it to go away. That wasn't going to happen. There was a wall. Jesus Christ died for our fall. We were fallen because of sin. So that regardless of death and in spite of sin, through grace, he might put us together again. Aren't you grateful? Those of you who are in Christ and those who you are thinking about it, I pray that tonight you will accept him. That today, I should say, you will accept him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to God except through him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the weightiness of your word. Lord, let us continue to ponder this week over Ephesians 2 and the things that we were dead, but we are made alive. We are made alive through Christ. And you made that provision for us so that we no longer have to be your enemy. Thank you, Father, that you will continue to walk out this week with us, that you'll show us the way to go by your Holy Spirit, that you will continue to encourage us and enlighten us through your scripture, and we give you all the praise and honor because you are due the praise. You are the great God. We adore you today. We love you today, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.